We are recording with Bill Arkin, who's been on here several times before. And um, one of the books of yours that I cannot recommend highly enough is The Generals Have No Clothes. Uh, I think it is brilliant. It's uh, one of the, there's about 10 books I recommend, and that is one of the 10. Not kissing your ass. There's video evidence of it. It's, it is what it is. Um, it's, I think it's one of the best books out there. Uh, up there with it's very similar to uh, David Nine's uh, David Vine's Base Nation, and uh, that will be in the description as will be your Twitter and all of your other books, all of which are fucking great. But today's episode is going to be about UFOs, why the sudden disclosure, why the sudden gung ho ness of the government and the military industrial intelligence apparatus, and uh, that kind of odd line that for some reason is not headline news every night that quote we have recovered craft not of this world which i feel like should be non-stop news on every screen on the planet 24 7 but it's in one ear at the other but uh your thoughts well it should be front page news if it's true but it's not true okay so let's explain a little bit about whistleblowers first and then second talk about the government's interest in UFOs. Uh, because I'll be the first to say, if there are aliens among us, I want to know them and I want to shake their hands and I want to talk to them. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be the first to know that, you know, if we think that there are aliens who are going to come to Earth, <laughs> I would rather have a welcoming <laughs> committee than a planetary defense system. Uh, and, and there's nothing I can say about UFOs that's going to change anybody's mind, right? Uh, you know, do, did we have all sorts of secret programs in the 1940s and 50s and then going on until today uh, that we're looking at UFOs? Yes. Did we want to associate them with um, uh, aliens and alien worlds? Yes, we did. But now we know a lot of the Cold War history, and a lot of the Cold War history makes it clear that uh, lots of things were up there in the skies that the Pentagon was keeping secret. Um, weather balloons, as an example, or a stealth craft, or um, high-altitude craft such as the U-2. And, uh, and people were seeing things, and the government wasn't saying anything, so you put two and two together, and you get five. And I think that that is the actual history. And even there have been some pretty rigorous studies done trying to explain unexplained phenomena. I think the Air Force's Blue Book study essentially concluded in the end that 70% of the reported sightings of UFOs turned out to be uh, a coincident with U-2 flights in the same area. And one of the reasons was, you know, in, in the olden days, the U-2 flew at about 60,000 feet, which was, you know, twice as high as commercial airliners. And there was something about the way that the U-2 caught the light that often created a flash. And people would report this flash at an incredibly high altitude, and, and, and it became UFOs. Well, it's not to say that uh, the public affairs people in the Pentagon at that time connected it to the uf to the u2 operations because they themselves didn't know about the u2 yeah. operation and and so you can see how 
by Peter not talking to Paul, we have a situation where all of a sudden people were felt affirmed in their um, uh, in their seeing things that were not explained to them by the Pentagon, the very definition of UFO. And this went on for a, a good decade or so before uh, uh, it just became a part of the lore of America. Um, and then other things were detected in other parts of the world. And uh, all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait, you mean UFOs are also interested in visiting Africa or visiting somewhere else? How dare they? Um, but it kind of told the story of of the fact that there was a lot of unexplained uh, phenomena out there, and a lot of it was explained by Cold War secrecy. What changed was in the in the last few years, uh, uh, Navy pilots and other uh, other pilots in the military uh, reported that they had seen uh, UFOs, uh, or we call them, uh, or they call them the UAPs today. Yeah unidentified uh, aerial phenomena and uh, Congress got interested in uh, in their claims and uh, forced the uh, uh, the Pentagon to create a new task force to deal with this uh, investigate it and uh, that task force as is the case with most of these what are we going to call them weird science task forces uh, uh, started to collect information and some of that information began to leak out and then one thing led to another and guess what is the most important element of all of this is that it's a money-making machine yeah because all of a sudden you know senator harry reed is uh, trying to get money for his cronies in nevada uh, to be able to uh study <laughs> ufos and and through that, we came upon an operation that was actually going on in uh, in Nevada, uh, uh, where a, a company called Bigelow Aerospace, yeah. which was involved in um, in uh, a secret project for the Air Force that I'll talk about in a second, uh, got got twenty million or so from this slush fund to 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 be a part of the aerial phenomena unexplained aerial phenomena uh, idea and that's where these whistleblowers come out of they come out of that bigelow world i'm not saying they worked for bigelow but they come out of that world and um so let's put that aside for a moment there's another part of it too which is called foreign material exploitation mm -hmm. fme and foreign material exploitation is uh is uh, been a long-term objective of the Pentagon, once an incredibly important secret operation, to obtain uh, Russian MiGs and uh, Russian military equipment, uh, later Chinese military equipment, uh, Russian arms that were in the possession of others. Uh, in fact, I remember when I was in the Army, uh, in uh, about the 75 time frame, 1975 that was way before you were born um that uh, there was an opportunity to go down to uh, uh i think it was to go down to grafenwehr in germany uh, i was stationed in berlin uh to get orientation on t on t64 tanks mm -hmm. which had been 
obtained from the Egyptians after the Arab-Israeli War of 1973. So they obtained a bunch of Soviet uh, tanks and uh, and some of them were brought to Germany to for intelligence analysts like me to be able to climb over and look at, et cetera. Uh, I remember that Danny Graham, who was the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency at the time, after getting into one of these uh, tanks, said that you have to be a, a four-foot-tall left-handed midget in order to drive one, <laughs> and because the habitability elements weren't very impressive. So there was this big program, Foreign Material Exploitation, and that, and that program went around the world uh, looking at weird stuff that had crashed or, uh, or, or, or things that landed or, well, basically anything that they could get their hands on that might give them insights into the status of Russian technology and capabilities. So um, uh, that, that was a very active program, still is today. I think it works under the code name Chuck Wagon. And... Um, uh, and these guys were involved in this foreign material exploitation, special teams that were sent out to, to uh, Tibet or uh, uh, northern Pakistan or whatever when a Soviet missile went off course or uh, when a Soviet reconnaissance balloon crashed or when a Soviet reconnaissance plane crashed uh, to recover the materiel. Now, how that turned into, and we recovered some material that was not of human origin, is like where the weirdness comes into this story. And uh, I imagine that there might have been some technology that they got their hands on that they were unfamiliar with, that uh, that maybe they had never seen or uh, had never previously exploited, but the material that was recovered was eventually sent on to um, uh, the National Air and Intelligence Center, which at the time was uh, in uh, in Dayton, Ohio. Today, it's called the National Air and Space Intelligence Center, and that's kind of the technical intelligence repository for the U.S. government. It's where the best technical analysts exist, and they. Uh, and they look at the technical elements of, of, of adversary weapons and capabilities. So you have like all of these little pieces of intelligence operations and collection and unexplained phenomena colliding together into this story of, that somehow uh, got some credibility in the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, Oh well, some of this material was, you know, not from the Earth. It's like, well, okay, maybe there were comets or asteroids or pieces of asteroids that landed, and it was like we don't know what this element is. Yeah. But this is this is the long game of telephone that has started in <laughs> Roswell in 1947 that has gotten us to today, uh, where people are once again asking. Uh, oh my God, we need to do more research on this. The, the, the government needs to tell us the truth. I mean, so so let's like put it in the same basket as 
the Kennedy assassination, where the government still doesn't release all the files and the conspiracies continue to to uh, grow and uh, they're all they're periodically revived. Well, I would put UFOs in that same group that essentially, um, uh, you know, we can never have the answer to unexplained phenomena because it's unexplained. Yeah. And uh, and the government has no credibility because it's been hiding behind this secrecy for now more than 50 years. Uh, and nobody believes the news media anyhow. So uh, you've got this uh, confluence, uh, which includes also now, of course, money, because what will Congress want to do with this latest revelation? Well, somebody's going to want to say, let's spend money to investigate what it is that these people are talking about. And um, and the whistleblower, don't know him, haven't talked to him, uh, is going to uh, enjoy his 15 minutes of fame in the limelight. And he's going to claim, oh, there's all sorts of secrets I know that you don't know. And it's probably true because he comes out of weird the weird world. Um, uh, but... But people are really taking one and plus one and making three. And uh, and uh, it, it, this is a problem of government secrecy. This is a problem of secret operations. Think about it today. Think about it just from our point of view. So the United States flies a couple of uh, known stealth craft, right? One is the X-37 space plane. Yep. Which goes up there and 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 exists for a year before it lands again, and it's like, has anybody ever explained what's what is it no, doing? No, it just okay. lands. They go out in hazmat yeah. suits and they go. It was up in space for a thousand days. We go, what did it do? And they go, well, yeah. that's it did fascinating things. We're like, well, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> we have a stealth. We have a stealth. Uh, drone a long range drone uh the the rq-170 and, yeah. and I heard rumor that there's an rq-180 as well and uh it became famous a few years ago when one of them crash landed in uh in iran and iran uh, uh showcased it etc but it's up there every day it's up there every day and 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 so are people in China or Russia seeing unexplained phenomena that might have similar kinds of a glint of the sun or or be seen under some circumstances or be seen when it's taking off or landing, depending upon what its glide path is and and where it's flying from? I mean, we don't even know where it's flying from, but my guess is that we probably have these stealth uh, uh, drones flying uh, from forward areas like Okinawa or uh, Diego Garcia, uh, places that are somewhat remote, but where the U.S. operates uh, uh, air bases. And um, so we know that we have our own uh, stealth objects up there. Uh, and um, and it would be silly for us not to believe that the Russians and the Chinese uh, have the same thing. So, so. So, yes, there's a lot of unexplained aerial phenomena. A lot of it is mostly unexplained to the public. Uh, but because of secrecy and compartment com compartmentation, um, 
you know, there are a lot of people in the military who don't know about it. A lot of people in the intelligence community. I mean, this is the very nature of secrecy, right? I I might work right directly with you, but but there may be things that I am privy to that you're not privy to, and and that and that's the story of of, of excessive secrecy. Um, so go ahead and shoot at me and try to. Uh, 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 ask me questions, but that's my basic position. Well, I, I, I tend to agree with you because. Well, that's no. No, it's not. But hey, don't again. Don't get me wrong. I want it to be uh, an alien craft that crashed out in Roswell in '47, and we've been reverse engineering it, and that you know it's all black ops shit. But yeah. when you see something like it's like the Tic Tac, right? O four Nimitz. The very fact that it's been openly discussed to me itself is just that that is the right and i hey i want it to be true i want there to be some unexplained sh- i had on charlie duke from uh, apollo 16 and i asked him i was like is there anything on the moon and he was like no like I, i'm like don't i'm like just lie to me tell me you saw <laughs> fucking aliens there but he was just like no it's you know and um but when you look at the the tic tac and it's going over the U.S. The, you know that 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 carrier strike group. I tend to think that that is almost like a like a red cell experiment. What better way to test a new craft's capabilities than to fly over presumably the the best navy, which would be our own, and that's the best way to do it. You could you could get every it would be like a double blind placebo effect. You could have every you could have every angle. You could see what they say about it. Was it detectable from the, what the spy one radar? And not only that, I mean. By calling them UFOs, isn't that a great deniability option? If, you know, a war, when's the last time we've had a near peer competitor other than, you know, China kind of bullying up on Taiwan now? We have Russia that seems to be pairing with China. What better way to start prepping the public for some wild, out of this world skunk work shit than to kind of start seeding into the public consciousness UFOs and crazy metamaterials and things that don't obey what we presume to be the laws of physics? Man, that seems like a pretty good cover, you know? Wow, that weird craft struck Beijing. It's it's a shame those aliens did that. It wasn't us. Why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, I I think you do raise an interesting question, which is, you know, what are the technologies that are out there today that have not been publicly revealed? Yes. Okay. So stealth emerged operationally from the 1980s the the stealth fighter was first used in panama in uh, Mm -hmm. 1989 and then sort of became the star of the 1990 gulf war but when that's 40 years ago and now we 40 years ago that's 50 years ago and now uh we really haven't had a a new um significant changing technology that has uh, emerged since then. I guess the one that I might point to that say it's completely new is hypersonic missiles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so imagine for a moment, I mean, we, we know kind of what the hypersonic weapons are that the army, Navy and the air force are, are developing. We heard a lot about the Russian ones. In fact, they've shot a couple Kinsol. in the Ukraine. And uh, we know that the Chinese are also active in the hypersonic world. So are there now flights going on, even intercontinental flights that are testing hypersonic vehicles, extremely fast, uh, maybe stealthy? 
Uh, probably. And I'm and I'm going to say, as somebody who follows the national security world, that that undoubtedly there there uh, are secret things out yeah. there, and that's going to add more fuel to the fire, especially as China uh, really does technologically um, catch up with the United States now. Uh, so so to me, it's it's a nice confluence because uh, it's relevant. Uh, which is to say that people, people, there's a lot of conspiracy believers out there and people are uh, distrustful of the government, distrustful of Washington. It's sort of that to me is the core problem in American society today. Uh, and um, uh, and whistleblowers always have like a, a, a gain a lot of favor in the news media and, and in Congress. Uh, Congress always wants to throw money at its cronies and 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 its friends. Uh, and what is more lucrative than unidentified phenomena? Hey, I want to study that. Give me twenty million dollars. I'm going to study un- unexplained phenomena as well. So all of these things are kind of coming together. Uh, I don't think there's anything particularly new about what's happening now. I'm imagining that these Navy pilots who have reported seeing things, are either seeing, as you explained, a, some kind of red cell operation or even uh, an unintentional operation where it's in the area where their carriers are operating or where they're flying. But it could also be Chinese in origin. Sure. I mean, I, I, don't, uh, I, I don't dismiss that altogether. Um, what I do dismiss, I'm sad to say, is that they're not aliens from another planet who have traveled millions of light years to come to Earth and after traveling millions of light years with their advanced technologies just happened to crash when they got to our planet. They're shit fast. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Or so happy that they found somebody yeah. who believed in them because, you know, on their way they watched all the UFO movies. So they uh you know, one one idea I like to talk. Yeah, on on the on the whole aliens from another planet. I I just tend to think that they would be so unimaginably advanced that the very idea of a craft itself is our own primitive projection. Like it could oh, be yeah. some weird electron entanglement, instantaneous teleportation. And they could be cloaked in different spectrums we don't even know exist. I mean, they could be you know. They could be here right now. It would be like someone from the Revolutionary War trying to predict the B twenty one Raider. Like, dude, they're that they're not coming in, in, in ships with, with wigs. It's like it's a stealth bomber. They'd be like, What is a bomber? We'd be like, Oh fuck, this is hundred and fifty years before the Wright brothers, like you know. Right. That's what I think it would be. And yeah. one idea I do like though is um is couldn't this just be you know if we accept the cold war for what it is the first world nations using second world nations using third world nations just this this puppet kind of layered thing of of proxy wars why couldn't it go one more step up why couldn't you have some foreign you know solar or galactic power seeding things why couldn't you seed you know develop if you're looking at like thousand year time frames like why couldn't you seed the United States? We just won World War Two, you know. They're probably like, "Hey, well, that's the that's the horse to back." 
Maybe you flick down a little piece of advanced information. You just throw down the Roswell craft. You're like, let's see what they do with it. They just they just detonated a nuke. Let's, let's see what these fuckers do with it. I mean, why couldn't they be watching us like we watch those uncontacted tribes in the Amazon? I don't know. Throw an uh, iPhone wh- to them. See what they do. <laughs> uh, why couldn't? But the reality yeah. is it's not the case. So, so uh, to me, like, the issue that we need to deal with the most is secrecy. Yeah. Because... Somewhere in the back of my mind, I feel the catechism that I have to utter, which is that there are certainly some things that deserve to be secret. Yeah. But, but I don't really believe it. I, I don't really believe it. Uh, and um, I understand that the technology... I understand the impulse of the Pentagon to want to keep technologies secret, capabilities secret. And in some funny way, that task is becoming even more essential today. Because when you look at an airplane or you look at a missile, it's not just a physical object. It's a it's a collection of computer impulses of of uh, microchips working in unison and 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 there's electrical uh, connections and if there are electrical connections if there are computers speaking to each other in these craft if they are um, actual uh, uh, emanations then increasingly, in the world of electronic warfare and cyber warfare, uh, planners believe that they can interrupt those electronic signals. Uh, and and I've heard some fantastic stories of people saying that we can even interfere with the guidance system of a missile and uh, and 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 push it off course, or we can. Uh, uh, we're getting to the place where we can actually, uh, you know, uh, get inside the computer system of an airplane or whatever. So the era of non uh, of non what's called non lethal warfare of of warfare without the physical object being uh, being the key, but more the brain being the key, is is either upon us or it's not far away, and. And in that war, I think it's essential that the public understands the risks involved in those capabilities. Because we have nukes, they have nukes. And if our system of warfare becomes so efficient that it doesn't matter that they have nukes anymore because uh, we, they can't deliver them to us, and so therefore deterrence doesn't work anymore, Hmm. then we're heading towards a world in which the potential for the use of nuclear weapons increases, not decreases. Yeah. And, uh, And I think that in discussing unexplained phenomena, the issue that should capture people's attention is, is there so much going on in this clandestine world that, it has the potential 
to uh, be a spark that might un that might escalate to world war or to nuclear war like like are we doing things out there or are they doing things out there uh, that has the potential to create crises or or misunderstanding or whatever think of the polar think of the missile that landed in poland last november right uh and and everybody was ready to declare NATO declaring war on Russia because it had attacked Poland and it turned out to be a Ukrainian surface-to-air missile that went awry. Now, the U.S. intelligence community was pretty quick to identify that and because of good relations with Poland. It was able to convince Poland that this was indeed a Ukrainian missile long before the news media caught up, which in our day means 12 hours later. Um, well, that should be an incident that tells us that, Jesus, shit can really get out of control quickly. And uh, we can really, uh, uh, you know, we can really overstate the significance of different events. And, uh, and, and, and I just say that that problem is going to become worse in the coming years. It's more hypersonics and more uh, maneuvering missiles and more loitering weaponry and more autonomy and artificial intelligence and etc becomes a part of of the experimentation landscape of warfare not not even warfare uh and i feel like our debate and understanding of what the implications of all of that are kind of gets submerged in the in the beauty of the ufo debate in which there's a there's a scene in the in the movie the remade movie The Color of Money with Tom Cruise and Paul Newman. Tom Cruise is a pool shark and he goes out there and he's basically beating everybody and Paul Newman is trying to convince him that every once in a while you have to uh, you have to lose, kid. You have to lose because uh, because that's what makes you more valuable. Hmm. Uh, and uh, and he says uh, because if you lose every once in a while everyone goes home in a limousine that that's what he said yeah. everyone goes limousine and uh and we live in a society right now where the ufo story hey if i go to the news media to read it somebody's going home in the limousine and if you have a podcast about it somebody's going home in a limousine and if bigelow aerospace gets money for it then somebody goes home in a limousine and if congressman p or y gets more votes for it than somebody goes home in a limousine and uh, everybody everybody benefits. And that's the danger of, of, of the UFO debate in an immediate sense, but the ultimate danger is that we don't pay attention to the actual technologies that are out there that might undermine strategic stability and ultimately lead to the possibility of a nuclear war. I've, I've been thinking a lot since, since the invasion of Ukraine that I wonder if, if our seeming uh, kind of cockiness of just, just throwing money at Ukraine, just, you know, do whatever, you know, take whatever steps you need. I wonder if there's been some, breakthrough in SDI or orbital defense or quantum computing cracking the guidance system is there some 
have we found a, a bulletproof vest and that is wildly destabilizing because you don't you want mutual assured destruction to work right you don't when you get rid of that all of a sudden you start to get a little cocky oh you got a gun i you know me and uh me and bill are about to uh duel yeah but i just i just discovered kevlar now i'm much more likely to duel and you know start firing wildly you don't want that you want both people to feel like if i misstep it's coming right back at me i'm getting i'm catching a thermonuclear warhead right to downtown manhattan and if you if that was discovered on one hand you do want that capability if your job is to defend the united states you do want that invincible shield but you'd almost want no one to know about it aside from like three guys at norad right you would want people to think we don't have that shield and act accordingly right well now you're raising the possibility of the great conspiracy that that the agency and the DOD would love it for everybody to be talking about UFOs and aliens because that means they're not going to be talking about the things that uh, that right. they don't want have people. But I will remind you that in the U.S. military, um, that it's you know the U.S. military has been at war since since two thousand and one. Pretty, pretty constant war, and it has, and 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 nobody would say that this is the reason for the war, or, or or even that it it drove things, but it it was a laboratory for the United States to test uh, all sorts of things. Yeah, and really the greatest advances that have taken place have been the advances in intelligence collection. Uh, so much so that. The Pentagon really embraces artificial intelligence because it it doesn't have the ability to sort through all the crap that it can now collect. So we've been in a warfare laboratory for 20 plus years. The only thing that was missing was a peer competitor who utilized a similar technology to ours, which then tested how these technologies actually do in a real conflict not how they do against the taliban yeah and um and so that's what we're seeing in 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 ukraine and i think that uh there are some shifts that are occurring in ukraine that are interesting um and that will influence the development of the military in the future uh, like clearly long-range land-based missiles are, are, are big and they're going to be big in the future you know, greater and greater precision on the part of artillery is big, and that's going to become bigger in the future. Um, and uh, and there are some other technological phenomena that are also clear. I mean, one of the things that's so clear, and it's an irony of uh, kind of contradicting everything that Washington believes, is that the Russians really suck at intelligence. I mean, they 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 have have not been able to. Uh, have a bomb damage assessment, a BDA cycle that is useful. It takes them days, if not weeks, to assess the effect of an attack before they can figure out what they need to do to re-attack if they're trying to destroy or disable something. Uh, they're very bad at seeing the entire battlefield, and they really uh, don't understand uh, 
a lot about the West, including the very supply routes that the West is using to get arms back into Ukraine and to the front lines. You've seen hardly any attacks by Russia on those on those supply routes. Well, guess what? It's because they don't know where they are or they can't or they can't identify them in real time. Now, how is this possible, given that, you know, we made the KGB into supermen in the mm-hmm. in the and the FSB today is supposed to be just as capable and the GRU we we hear it said almost every day in some Hollywood movie or whatever about the brilliant this or that and the answer is because the Russians have really focused on human intelligence they've really focused on the spy the guy who penetrates the foreign government and steals the secret and transmits it back to Moscow. That's been their specialty. That's their specialty item. Well, what do the Washington experts say? Oh, we spend too much time on technical intelligence and not enough on human intelligence. We need to have more spies. We need to have more people on the ground who are able to tell us what Putin is thinking and what's going on. But the reality is that in warfare, in the actual war, the U.S. predominance in technical intelligence and in not being in not human intelligence, but the technical intelligence has really paid off. Yeah, that the the, the, the casualty rates, the destruction of, act, uh, of artillery, the destruction of, of armored vehicles. I mean, it's we, we're. We're at extraordinary levels given today's inventories, and um, and that's all facilitated by technical intelligence. So it kind of turns the whole picture of what is the future of intelligence on its head. Now, you can say, well, that's all fine and good during a war, and that's what it has been. Ukraine has been able to use that intelligence to great advantage. And then we saw, and as we saw in the Ukraine documents that were leaked by uh, um that uh, that the U.S. has an extraordinarily high fidelity view of the battlefield. There is a problem, which is we know where every freaking tank is and every emanation comes from, but we still don't know what Putin is thinking. And we still don't even know what the Ukrainians are thinking. And that is a problem in the overall conduct of the war. And a bigger problem exists, which is for all of this intelligence, which was fantastic at the technical level, we were not able to deter Vladimir Putin from invading in the first place. Like, wasn't that job one? Yeah. Right. It was almost, you know, and so again, like 9-11, for all of what you might say, 19 guys still were able to come up with a diabolical plot to to uh, to essentially uh, give America the biggest bloody nose that it has ever received. So um, so there has to be a balance between technical and, and, and human. There has to be a balance. But more importantly, there has to be a balance in our own thinking, which is that we have to look at intelligence and secret operations and secrecy from the point of view of are we achieving the goal that the public expects? If Joe Biden comes out and says, I can tell you that Putin is about to invade Ukraine and and they're going to do a really bad thing and it's going to happen on Tuesday, and yet the United States doesn't have any leverage or power uh, to stop that, then we have to ask ourselves, what is the value of our nuclear weapons? What is the value of the military as we currently have it formed? 
why don't we have stronger diplomacy? Why don't we have more risk taking? And so here we are now 16 months later and we're doing fantastically in helping Ukraine on the battlefield. And, and though a lot of people think Russia is winning, Ukraine is kicking ass. Um, uh, but, but the question of global changing things, right? A hundred years from now, the Ukraine war is going to be, oh, the Ukraine war. You know, it's going to be like yeah. the Franco war. I mean, we, it, people will vaguely remember what it was about, whatever the outcome is. But what people will remember is if there's a nuclear war or, or if Russia implodes or if China and Russia and Brazil and India and other countries become the new superpowers of the future. That's what they will remember. And it feels to me like we are really bad at influencing that future. We are super good at identifying uh, that that's the T-72 Mod 2 version 7 and uh, and that it's located at this exact coordinate down to like the second level. But we're not very good at thinking in a bigger way. And, um, and the more that we give over intelligence to Hollywood, the more that we believe that the intelligence capabilities are what you see in the movies uh, or what you read about bullshit stuff about UFOs, the more that we are not realistically uh, seeing our intelligence community and understanding our own failings and our own weak weaknesses. And so, um, you know, I would hope that beyond Hollywood, uh, that we would have some ability to uh, say to ourselves uh, that, uh, you know, that, that maybe the biggest lesson of the Ukraine wars uh, is that nuclear weapons get in the way and, 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 uh, and they are actually uh, uh, objects that force us into bruising and destructive conventional wars. Not that we should have more nukes, but that they don't really work. And because then they don't really work, one has to ask, why do we have them? So, uh, so to me, I look at all of this and I kind of connect it all together, but in the end, it comes back to the basic thesis, which I laid out and the generals have no clothes, which is that we can war, 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 war for 20 years. And nobody really in the end says, what have we achieved? Like, what, what did we, what did we gain? And uh, we can then have people in positions of high power Lloyd Austin, retired general, as the Secretary of Defense, um, and never ask ourselves, what the fuck did Lloyd Austin ever do? <laughs> I mean, you know, what 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 battle did he win? What war did he win? I mean, what what makes this guy any better than you at determining what our national security policies should be, right? And yet we we defer to the generals in an unhealthy way in our society, just like we defer to the whistleblowers in an unhealthy way in our society, because the truth is out there. It's just not very spectacular. As 
Terrence McKenna said. The real struggle in life is not finding the answer, it's facing the answer. <laughs> and we've, we know exactly where the tank is. We've got 8K resolution. All right, so how are we stopping China's burgeoning economy <laughs> in 50 years? Well, we know exactly where their runways are. Yeah, that's not the question I asked. It's, And yeah. I think the answer is, uh, you know, the military can only do so much. Ultimately, you do have to have a core engine of the United States. You have to have education and standard of living, and that's the very thing that makes people want to come here, and that makes it attractive and makes it worth defending. It's but you can't get a trillion dollar contract from Raytheon unless Raytheon starts building our schools, in which case, you know, I'll shut up. But I think that's the answer is that you have to build up a robust society worth defending and worth coming to. Well, and a robust society that is also a counterweight to the military industrial complex, which, which, which I've always, I've never been a fan of focusing on, the money or the military industrial complex. I've always felt that there was a phenomena that if you tell me that a weapon doesn't work or is not good enough or isn't the right one, all the military industrial complex says is, well, cut us another check and we'll make it the right one. We'll make it work. We'll make it better. Like that's the solution set in that, in that debate. But increasingly when I look at Ukraine, where we've had, you know, terrific devastation and 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 probably at this point, you know, close to a couple of hundred thousand people have died. Um I've always I I, I, I gotta say to myself, I gotta I, I I I would be dishonest if I didn't say that the Raytheans of the world are the are making money from this. Oh, and that's, uh, that's the that's the thing that I think everyone knows deep down. Yeah, I, not that they drive it. Sure. Not that they caused it. Not that they even promote it. But in the end, uh, you know, as we move on to uh, another thousand missiles or another thousand rounds of ammunition or more in case, a million rounds of ammunition, you know, it's the defense industry and the defense complex that that benefits. I mean, the rubble had barely fallen in Ukraine on the first few days of the war when NATO was already saying we need to spend more money. Yeah. And they've they've, you know, committed themselves to spending 3% of GMP and and that's been a a big shift for countries like Germany and others that weren't spending that amount of money but the lesson i learned from from the ukraine war is the russians are a paper tiger and they don't threaten europe anymore because they've been devastated as a result of this war and they have to go back to the drawing boards and figure out whether or not the russian way of war is even relevant anymore this is a country on their border yeah that they haven't been able to move more than uh I think they've moved 30 miles since since last year. 30 miles. That's the distance from Severodonetsk, which was taken in July 2022 to Bakhmut. Jeez. Yeah, That's that ain't... 30 miles, okay? 
so we're talking about a war that's being fought at the platoon level, not a war that's being fought at the army level. And and so and so with this vast expenditure of arms in which, you know, nobody's hair is must in the United States, right? I mean, Raytheon in Arizona or Lockheed Martin in Texas or whatever, they're just rolling merrily along. And uh, the Pentagon is rolling merrily along. And yes, there's a few thousand troops that have been sent to Poland and to Germany, and there are aircraft in the air doing all of what the United States does. But 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 we haven't really been affected by this war other than, unfortunately, I, I hate to say it, profiting from it. And I, I think that, you know, in a dark way, this is just the next evolution of the military industrial complex. You know, we learned from the war on terror. We're like, hey, they don't like, you know, sure, it's a big step up from Vietnam, 50,000 deaths to roughly 5,000, 58 to 7.5. The next step is, hey, man, if we just don't send any Americans over, they don't give a shit at all. Well, and as we've seen in the in the relevance of drones at all levels in yeah. this war, so you know, we, in in the in the American war on terrorism, you know, drones were were pretty uh, relevant in terms of intelligence collection platforms, and certainly the Reaper and Predator drones that did the aerial assassinations were important as well. But here, they've become more of a fundamental element of of strike. Of, of of artillery of air power and um and uh i think we are getting a little glimpse into uh uh robotic warfare un, unmanned warfare i mean we are getting a little glimpse into it and uh and i think that um uh yeah we got to ask ourselves what 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 do we want in the future what what do we want i mean are we are we are we moving towards some Star Trek episode in which one computer fights against another computer and when one computer wins, the planet surrenders? I mean, yeah. you know, it, it. and and how do we want to deal with that ethically? How do we want to deal with it strategically, et cetera? So, uh, well, I mean, it raises a lot of questions. And, um, and uh, I guess in the end, I have to say... I hope the aliens will answer them for because we need their help. Yeah. Next, next time I'm abducted, I'll I'll ask them to help. Call in from the UFO next time and get me some goddamn views. <laughs> but we got to wrap this one up. I got another show I got to jump to. But, Bill, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, seriously, go grab the generals have no clothes. Or speaking of drone warfare, go grab... Uh, unmanned and i believe you correlate that with uh with gilgamesh which is a, a unique synthesis but thank you for your time man i love having you on you're a brilliant individual and uh i think that's the one thing we all kind of have to think about is you know who's making money off of this man it's not as it's not zero sum there's somebody you were what and it's not me. no no yeah we're not making money I mean, listen, Raytheon, start sponsoring me and maybe I'll change the tune of my podcast. Maybe I'll start, you know, I'll start being like, listen, we got to force the, the world is a chessboard and we got to be able to say, hey, you know, Boeing, start throwing me some stock options and I'll I'll stop having Bill on and I'll start whatever you want me to say. I'll, you know, buy me a penthouse. But uh, General, 
will be the next guest. Exactly. Exactly. Um, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I love talking to you guys. Please go into the description. Please go grab his books. Please go follow him on Twitter. Please go to his website, blah, 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 blah. Till next time, man. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Recording stop. Stay, stay safe out there. Peace.